0: Super, fans. Super fans. you're listening to In the Buff, the Buff, Survivor Podcast. Survivor Superfans, this is Buffcast number two. Don't forget to listen right through and get to the end and hear question number two to win a buff. Welcome back Survivor Superfans, this is Cable Unplugged, this is In The Buff and this is Buffcast number two and with me is a good friend of mine, Mark. How are you buddy?
1: Hey Cable, thanks for having me on, great to be here. Going well, thank you.
0: Good. Uh, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about since the last episode. A lot of stuff has happened in the buff community. And um, yeah, there's yeah, definitely a lot to talk about. But I guess for um, the people listening at home and, and that are part of the Buff Alliance on Facebook and other survivor-related groups, tell me about your buff collecting and when you started. And tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, so I'm uh, from Sydney in Australia, and so buff collecting is a lot more difficult being in another country, Um, and so I've been collecting since I was probably 14 years old, so um, I was seven when the first season of Survival was on TV, I became a big fan instantly, watched it with my whole family, and then when I I was 14, I got a part-time job, and so started to get a little bit of money in my account and thought, you know, I want to... Collect some things from the show. It's my favorite show in the world. So, um, buffs naturally is the first kind of thing that you turn to. Um, and uh, I remember buying my first buff was the set of five um, that you could get uh, that were collector's editions. So, you got uh, a Pagong buff, you got an Amazon merge buff, you got the Pearl Islands, you got Vanilla 2 in there. And there was one other, I can't remember what it was, but that was my first group of five. Um, and then I thought, you know, next step, I've got to get one from each season. And at that point, there was probably only about 16, 17, 18 seasons, I think, at that point. Um, And so then I got one from each season pretty quickly because they were readily available at that point. There were only some of the early ones that were a bit bit more difficult to get my hands on. And then, as you know, Cable, I'm sure, once you get one from every season, it's like, well... (laughs) You know, I might as well get a couple more in some of my favourite tribes. And then before you know it, you've got every single one. So I was really lucky. I jumped in. I think it was around Token Sheens, season 18, that I had the full collection. Um, And then from that point on, it was really easy because as as each season comes out, you just, um, you know, grab the new set and um, they're relatively cheap when they first come out. So then since that point, I just buy them as each season comes out and I've got a full collection of um, all the buffs that have been on the show. Um, There's obviously some... Iterations that haven't been on the show that I haven't got my hands on, but um, I'm happy that I've got each one that's been featured in the program. So,
0: yeah, it's um, it, let's look. I, I learned something new. I don't know why, but I felt like you had actually started collecting buffs a bit earlier than that. So, um, yeah, that's interesting to know that even token change. So, no, I, I would actually probably rate your collection a little bit better than mine in that you would have found it a lot more difficult again because like me and like Rhett, sort of that same ballpark figure we sort of that same sort of year we sort of started it was very hard to get those like you said earlier seasons yeah. and in and in mid condition or on card or whatever have you but for you to actually you know start even later and like I said be in Australia where we've had a lot of issues with the dollar and, yeah. and you know and again for our American and Canadian listeners we almost for a long time have paid double what you guys would pay so if it's 22 US dollars uh, for you guys, uh, a recommended retail price for Buff, we're paying forty four, and that's before we get it shipped um, to Australia. Yeah, so, and
1: postage is so yeah. much, especially nowadays.
0: Yeah, so uh, look, I don't want to sound like we're anything more special, but it's definitely, it's definitely not an easy uh, a hobby to have at times. But so I, mm. I commend you. I, I thought you actually started a lot earlier, but um, going on that totem, that's really cool that you have that. I never had the totem, I remember they, when I was collecting, a lot of those totems seemed to be, you could buy them, but generally, I think what people or collectors were doing, or people that were selling buffs online, especially eBay, were actually, they must have bought a lot of those totems up, but they were actually taking the buff off the totem, selling them individually, and yeah, right. people sort of wanted them, so that but that totem you talked about, that would have come out around Vanuatu, so yeah, you would have had Pagong as the special sort of first season buff, but yeah, you would have had, um, was it Alinta, um, Shibugamate. Yeah, Jack
1: Yeah, oh, Shiboga, that was the other one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah.
0: you would have had that, yeah, season six. Because yeah. the, first, the first totem was the first five season merge buffs. Merge and buffs, then, yeah, yeah. And then the, the totem you got obviously was the next four plus Pagong. So, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah.
1: yeah, that was that was my first. And then the next one after that would have been, I think it was uh, Dabu from Micronesia because that was showing on TV at the time. so
0: Well, Well, uh, isn't that funny that you bring that up? Because yeah. the devices for those buffs at the moment have just gone out of this world. And I know Rhett had talked about it in the last um, podcast, and I somewhat agree because Micronesia is a good season, and it is funny just maybe it's just the colours are sort of different or a bit more uh, unique. Um, I'm not too sure. But, yeah, the, the fact that those sort of went pretty high recently um, – Wow,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like you guys talked about, it's it also has to do with a little bit to do with the season and a lot yep. of people feel a particular emotional connection to particular players or, you know, that season as a whole, that season for me, that's one of my favourite seasons of all time. So I can understand the, the connection and the affiliation with those particular set. Um, yeah, buffs are only ever worth what people are willing to pay for them and if, if people feel that emotional connection, they're more willing to pay more out of their pocket. So it only makes sense.
0: All right, so... So here's a question for you then. Uh, obviously collecting, sort of getting into the game a bit late, uh, what was the hardest buff you found or something you really sought after that was really difficult or maybe even cost you a lot of money?
1: Yeah, good you question. Know? I think it's, I think the hardest one has, hasn't changed in many, many years, and that's Targi from Season 1, especially an original one. Um, I'm not like some collectors. I don't need the original, absolute, perfect, original mint condition buff. I'm just happy to have the collection with one of everything. And even if the colour is slightly different, that doesn't worry me as much. Um, And so I've got a reissue Targi. So it's not a complete collection in some people's eyes. Um, But that one was the hardest to track down until it became more readily available with the reissue. Um, Probably the the hardest one that I had to track down, the original version, um, I'd say would have been probably Shapira from All-Stars. Oh, wow. Um, yep. Okay. At, yep. at the time, uh, that was a really difficult one to find because obviously the season was, you know, five, six years out of um, production. And uh, it, it was quite a coveted season in terms of the bus because they're a really beautiful design. Plus, it was the first all star season and there hadn't been another one up to that point. So people were obviously hanging on to them. So I ended up getting an original one, which I was really happy with. Um, there hasn't been a reissue for those uh, for the tribe bus. Yep. And so I was really happy to get my hands on that one because it's also just such a beautiful colour scheme.
0: Yeah. Um, did you say this? Oh, I don't want to sound like I'm correcting you. I think there was Mogo Mogo might have been reissued. Yeah, right. Point. I think. Don't don't quote me on Well, actually, someone can fact-check that. But um, Yeah, fact-check it. Feel, I feel like Mogo Mogo, I know Rhett will go, he'll be jumping up and down at home saying, it was reissued, it was reissued. <laughs>
1: uh, um, Sorry, I, Rhett.
0: I, I, no, yeah, I feel... I feel like Mogo Mogo might have been reissued, but I know Saboga definitely hasn't, and that for me was one of the hardest to track down for yeah. a long time. And it was—I knew it was going to cost me money, but I mean, that's the thing about eBay. And look, to be honest, until recently, I hadn't really been on it. I felt like I was happy with my collection, um, and so I hadn't really gone on there for a long time. But it's—it's it's just interesting, and and I do feel for the people that are paying a lot of money right now. Yeah, um, but there's definitely some buffs. It's—it's it's interesting. You know, your timings, everything. Um, sometimes the seller doesn't maybe realise what they potentially could get mm. for something. Or, or, or alternatively, someone might have a buff and he's selling it for too much and they don't realise they're probably asking for too much or don't have the right perception of what the market's willing to pay. Um, but Sabogo was really hard for me and I mm. finally got that. Um, and you're right, Shapira was another one. But then I must have got lucky because I had a Shapira... And I think I paid a a decent amount for it. And then, at one point, someone must have been selling a bunch. I remember vaguely a bunch of buffs in a like in a like you know a hundred bucks or something. And it was there was a Shapira, and it was just a bit of bits and pieces. But one of the Shapiras was on card. Oh, and, wow. And again, the same thing. It must have been they didn't really understand maybe the market or it was just mm-hmm. like it was a friends they were getting rid of it or it was something they picked up at a garage. I don't know. But it was almost like they wanted, it. And it was almost – I'd almost go to say it might have been almost like a bite now because I remember seeing it and just snapping it up straight away and we, mm-hmm. just looking at the pictures about a million times but going, you know what, it's still worth the investment because even if one or two of the bus are in average condition to get the one that I really wanted. Mm. So I I actually do have two Shapiros, but um, like I said, I I don't know why. I know All Stars isn't necessarily a lot of people's favourite season, but I really like that season.
1: Yeah, me too. It was the coming together of all of the classic Survivor people that made the show what it is, made the show really popular. So even if the result isn't your favourite, it's still a great season.
0: Oh, come on. Amber winning has to be one of your favourite results, surely. (laughs) Uh, um, But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I do have like you said, a connection to that season. And so yeah. for me, getting those boss was hard enough as it is, so I can't imagine. I know someone recently did reach out and wanted to know if I was selling any, and I was like, nah. I'm not gonna You'll be that
1: getting that 50 that messages that. now, they that I know you've got an extra Shapira buff.
0: Yeah, but no, nah, that's that's definitely off limits. So, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it's good to know, because uh, I think Targi also was another one that I sort of had given up hope of ever really having until the reissue. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just sort of conform, I sort of I probably got to the point where I was like well I'm not going to have the whole set of Borneo not a lot of people are going to have it so is it the worst thing in the world and then Target got reissued I'm like well like you said it's like it's not the original but it's still an official release it's not like some knock off from China which yeah. we'll talk about very <laughs> soon but uh, yeah it's um, it was definitely good to finally have that and go oh my god now I've actually got a set of um those buffs Um, yeah exactly and you never
1: know what will happen in the future because you know one man's trash is another man's treasure and all it takes is some person who was a big fan back in the day who got one luckily because they had a mate who worked on the show or something like that and it's just been in their garage in some place for the last you know 20 years and then they'll just chuck it on ebay for 20 bucks you know that that happens more often than you think where some person just finds something they think is worthless pop it on for a quick little sale, and then someone's going to snap up a bargain so
0: well, I, I, and they go back to what I was saying about that picking up the Shapira buff in a bundle of bits and pieces. That's what I think someone's found in someone's garage, or yeah. maybe even a, a friend that's passed away or something. And they're just like, oh, this might be worth a few bucks. I'll just chuck it on eBay. Yeah, and either haven't done the research or don't really know. I'm thinking, oh, they're just head, they're just head scars. Who cares? And 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 you know, some people just that's how they luckily get a bargain. Um, and I know that's happened before where people put a bunch of buffs up for almost next to nothing and, and you know snap them up and you go, geez, I just got like six bucks for about $60 and you go, that's just crazy. Especially yeah. now, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, one of those things. Anyway. So I guess to move forward, one of the biggest things that happened in the last few weeks and a big shout out to Shauna feedback for cracking the case. I've been calling you a detective a little bit. Um, um, I, I, look, I'm not going to name the others. I, I, well, I actually will I'll name Ben Wilson. He sort of helped out in this regard too. Um, and there's a few others. I don't know if they wanted to really be named in a post. I really sort of did a big shout out recently. But it came to a few of these guys' attention and then got passed on to Shauna and there was a lot of discussion over some buffs that were on sale on eBay and through Reddit and there was issues with um, – maybe the logos and and slight variations in the design Um, or little, little, just slightly different logos in here. Like really not, I wouldn't say microscopic, but still really minute that if you just bought the buff um, and put on your shelf and didn't have a really good look at it, you probably wouldn't have noticed. Um, And I know Sean was hitting me up with all these different screenshots and comparison photos. Um, I guess long story short, um, we found some fakes or Sean, found some fakes in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think personally, I think it was inevitable that at some stage, any sort of collectible that is easily reproduced, um, obviously uh, a lot of those come from China and these did come from China or one of those Asian countries that like to reproduce things. I'm surprised it's taken this long to actually see some fakes turn up in the market. Did that surprise you or what, what are your, what's your take on it?
1: Yeah, I I never thought it would be possible to replicate it. Um, The only other companies that I know that make similar style of products, um, I've purchased some before for for different um, adventure style activities and the fabric feels really different and it's really noticeable that it's not a buff. So I thought that if anyone ever tried to replicate one of the designs through one of the other companies, it would be really easy to feel the difference. Um, Seeing the photos that were posted online, it took me by surprise because they just look so real and it looks like just from looking at it through a computer screen it, I, I would question the differences until you zoom in and you look at that tiny little tree in the logo or you look at the slightly different um you know background pattern and how it you know um, matches in with the side design like the detective work was insanely good because to the untrained eye you would never even notice and who knows how many people have these Having absolutely no idea, so uh, it took me by surprise. Um, but once you know, you kind of look at all of the evidence and look at the details, yeah, it's it was an incredible pickup,
0: yeah. And, and that's why you have to give a big shout out to oh, look, at, I'll uh, there was a guy that I'll well, actually, there's two guys that sort of I think originally the red flag went up for them. Um, but I won't name them because I don't know if they wanted to be named. Um, and I didn't clear that with them, so um, a big shout out to those two guys. I think they know who that. Well, they definitely know who they are um, that I'm speaking about. But um, yeah, it was just it was interesting that firstly they got noticed, and personally for me, and within the field of employment that I have, I I deal with facts and evidence. And for me, I know Sean was hitting me up with photos of the barcodes, photos of the the different designs. And look, look, I wasn't disputing that they were fractionally different but for me, um, I, I look in, in fairness, I think Sean was getting frustrated with me but I was trying to say look, there have been variations before and we will talk about that as well but buffs have varied before in the past and they're still, they're still official product, it's just for whatever reason um, when they've gone to reproduce them years later, maybe the design is just uh, like, unfortunately whether they put it through the computer or how they actually make these buffs, the color is just that fraction off or whatever. So for me, that wasn't a big deal. It was more, I need to, I I need to, like you said, the the big tell for us would be is actually feeling the material and um, actually having in our hands and being able to sort of, I guess, compare. And so for me, the um logos and or designs weren't super off for me to really criticize and it wasn't till i think shauna did i think uh, one of the one of the other guys that brought up i think he got his his batch finally delivered and he wasn't he's like oh hang on there's something a bit weird and then when shauna finally got hers and go oh the materials totally different or at least Mm. she could feel with the, you know, with her eyes closed, she could feel the difference. Then obviously there was the tell of I think weren't the um the edges were still a bit stuck together, yeah right or, p- or pinched together. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah. then and and then the biggest tell of all was once they took them off, the card was comparing the actual size against a real buff, and then being a half an inch or so um, off. For, yeah. and again for me that that definitely sold it for me. I'm like, well that's there that is clearly some issue there. Like I'm happy to. That evidence was enough for me to say well there's, a, there's definitely an issue with these buffs right now um, but that's I, I guess what the point I'm trying to get across too it's like you can't just the design is definitely a red flag if there's something off with the design for what was originally seen but I think we've seen you, uh, w- there's plenty of evidence in the early seasons where designs have been altered after the fact or, or colors have been slightly unfortunately they haven't replicated the color perfectly from the first batch so it's not it's not unbelievable to have um a design be a bit off it's just i guess once the material and the sizing is quite different then that's that's yeah that's my evidence that i needed and once shauna started you know feeding that through to me i was happy to sort of really back her in and say well there's definitely something wrong there um yeah, but it was just interesting that someone, I don't know, like don't want to absolutely slam people um, and then that's not what this podcast is about. It's more about trying to be informative. But just off the top of your head, do you think it was an honest mistake or a very naive mistake or was it sort of a bit, I wouldn't say sinister, but a bit more planned?
1: Yeah, well, obviously the company that created them, it was, it was a yeah. choice. It was a, a conscious choice. Um, the people who... Uh, then resold them on. I always like to believe the best in people, um, and so I'll always back the people who say, "Oh, I didn't know, honest mistake," and um, you know, offer refunds and do all those kind of things, which shows that you know you're working for the best of the community, which I think is a really good thing. Um, for those people who don't know what we're talking about, those buffs that were recreated, um, the one- only ones I know about, cable. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they were from the Fiji, China. South Pacific, and One World Series. Yep. They're the only four series that I know about. Is that correct?
0: Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. And, yep. I, I guess, um, and I guess for me, that that was the one sort of tell because um that – and not that I've kept tabs on every absolute reissue across the journey, especially like you said, like once yourself and me, we got up to the point where – we had our collection, and then each season was coming out. We were buying them as the seasons were coming out. So for me, I wasn't really mm-hmm. going back and working out and going, "Oh, there's another reissue of One World." And go, "Well, I've already got that." So I, I would vaguely remember certain reissues, or or some are very vivid in my memory. But I was actually thinking mm-hmm. that was the one thing. I'm like, yeah, I feel like there was a One World, um, at least the Merge buff. I'm sure that got reissued. Yeah, China's definitely got reissued, so that sounded yep. right to me. But when they said South Pacific, I'm like, oh, I don't know if yeah. that was as loved, and I'm like, I don't think there was ever a reissue for that. And then um, what other? Oh, did you say Philip? Fiji? Fiji. Oh, and yeah. the other thing, the, the, I think that was the other towel. I think, especially those older seasons, they generally when they do a reissue, unless it was an amazing season or like a heroes versus villains where they might reissue a few of them. And, and obviously, China, I think they've reissued every one of those. Generally, mm. their other older seasons, they'll only reissue one buff from that season. So that was the other tell It was like, oh, I don't know if they're reissuing Fiji and, and all three. And that's what was weird about the choice of the season. They decided to reissue it was a little bit funny as well. So Yeah, not the most popular. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I mean. I mean, marketability, I just think that was a weird choice for that to be the ones... Um, reissued but uh, yeah like good work from everyone involved. Yeah amazing
1: work and that's what's great about the community yeah. there's um, a lot of really great people out there that are so willing to um, put time and effort into helping everyone um, furthering their collections um, and with these kind of things so uh, to everyone out there that's doing this for the benefit of everyone else like hats off to you that's that's one of the really great things about this community that's really only recently developed yeah. um, so uh, it's, it's a great thing to be a part of
0: yeah i and look again a big big shout out to shauna i know she was really proactive in wanting to learn she's a new collector and again i guess she knew she was getting led down the garden path a little bit when it came to what she should be paying for a buff um and and sort of understanding that there was like again reissues that they were actually a thing um and all the different variations so um she decided to go, you know what? There's not really anything. Oh, like I, I have looked around. Yeah, there are a lot of photos, but there's no really one definitive place to really learn as much as you can about buffs. So she mm-hmm. was like, I'm going to start this group. Do you want to help me? I've done not much. Like She's done 95% of the, the heavy lifting. Um, I've got a lot of photos. I think it, what's hard is on a bit of a purist I keep and, and Rhett's the same and I'm, I don't know about you, but I keep all my stuff on card pretty much mm-hmm. unless I buy an extra if I really like the buff to take off. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that from that point of view, it's hard for me to take good quality photos of the whole design of the buff because purely totally. it's just, it's all sort of bunched up on card. So um, we're sort of working with a few people. Like I said, I think I touched on before Ben Wilson, it really helped again. He was very instrumental in being able to supply photos apart from a couple of the other guys, That shall remain unnamed at this stage. Um, They're very instrumental in helping Shauna get good photos of buffs to actually compare the fakes to. So, um, big shout out to Ben as well. Um, I guess, um, I guess in this day and age, like you said, there's a lot of companies now that have replicated buff, and Mm -hmm. we've got a company in here uh, in Australia called Headskins who made some uh, Australian Survivor buffs for me. Uh, for a podcast, and also for the reason of um, the Merge Tribe never actually had a buff. And um, like, it, it is a good quality product. Um, but I guess that's the other thing. It's like anytime someone tries to replicate buff, you know, you're not going to get it 100% the same. Yeah. Even though it's sort of the same garment, technically. But having said that, like, I, I think you wanted to touch on it um, off air. Like, the buffs have. Evolved over the years as well. So, and I know in recent years, there's, you know, there's been issues with the way they've gone from a is it two, is it two way stretch to a four way stretch, and then it's yeah, and using some
1: been... recycled bottles as well in the production, which changes yeah. the, the fabric slightly. Um, yeah, it's it's a noticeable feel change, um, and it also it becomes uh, a little bit narrower. I've noticed as well. Initially, um, if you ever see one off card, obviously. Um, with the change in card system for the last few seasons. Um, it's it's impossible to pull them off card um, without completely destroying the packaging. Um, but yep. when you do lay them that flat it is, uh, you know, kind of a half inch, couple of centimetres um, narrower, uh, which is right. really interesting. Um, but then obviously the stretch factor can take it back out to the, the regular kind of feel of the originals.
0: Okay, so I, I'm going to sound like a complete amateur because I've never really done that. Like I know of recent seasons i've got off card was my daughter was wearing a blue uh edge of extinction and yeah like, oh yeah it's so funny because i like you make again i'm a bit like i buy them and i put them in the box and they get stored away not to be seen
1: again
0: yeah <laughs> sometimes and then i have a few and then they get sold off or um you know people that are, ask me to get them I'll you know pass them on and I know me and Rhett sort of take it in turns generally and or we'll, we'll order both of ours so we're not paying all the shipping and stuff like that but um, you know what I, I, I sort of maybe it was subconscious that I, I there was a difference but I hadn't really thought about it it wasn't until someone I think did say something about that, that you know like you said the recycled bottles and mm-hmm. there's a bit of debate about that and then Sean was like how can you not tell the difference and this and that I'm like well I haven't really like, I look at them Quickly, and then they get stored away for safety. You know, like I don't sit there and analyse, but I had taken one off the card, and then and after she said oh, I would and grab them, I'm like, oh yeah, there is definitely a difference. Um, mm-hmm. But like you pointed out, I haven't really sat them side by side or overlaid them to each other to really notice any size difference either. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and again,
1: that's just another example of the fact that a true, authentic, uh, real buff can be different to an older season buff. And so that's, again, something to be aware of. If someone was to lay out a new season buff compared to an old season buff and go, well, hold on, what's the size difference here? What's the feel difference here? It just goes to show that, you know, that even with the true authentic versions, there's still a lot of variance in the
0: production. Yes, absolutely. Now, something that's always – well, always – I mean, recently interested me, and this is, again, not having a go at anyone, if you're willing to put up a buff on on eBay and people are going to have a bidding war and it's going to go to a ridiculous hype thing, all, all the best to you. But it, does it shock you that people are paying a lot of money for a, a buff that is actually off-card and, and potentially has been used?
1: Yeah, um, especially given the current world situation as well. Yeah. I think it's a really interesting time for the, the market to kind of skyrocket like it has. Um, mm-hmm. Off-card is really interesting. I've, uh, when I first started collecting, I bought a couple off-card of my favourites just because I wanted to have you know, one in pristine condition, but then also wanted to wear and support my favourite show and favourite seasons. Um, and you know there was one time where I bought one off-card and it had obviously come from a home, that had a smoker in it, and so there was all kinds of issues in terms of the smell that was on the buff. Um, And so, yeah, there's just lots of different things that people are sometimes unaware of, like pets. Pets can have a really big effect on fabrics. Um, And so that's something to be aware of too. But, yeah, to have a really worn off-card one, um, it's an interesting purchasing decision. And, again, everybody's different, um, but you've just got to be aware that there is a great change um, in the fabric and in the look even, the aesthetic, Depending on how often it's been worn, how it's been cared for, things like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting decision, but but everyone's able to make their own decision. What what are your thoughts, Cable? Would you well, would you be an off card purchaser? Well,
0: just just you you made me think of something about talking about smokers and pets and all that. And I to be honest, I, I do like when I see um, you know people oh no not uh, comes from a non smokers home and this and that yeah. oh, pet free, smoke free, blah blah blah. And some of the things, oh, how much does that affect something? If something's stored sort of somewhat correctly. It's not just mm-hmm. sitting out there the open, how, how much would it be affected? But I actually recently, I'll, I'll confess, I actually bought a, on the card um, buff recently. Mm-hmm. I haven't received it yet. Um, it's still on its way, but I bought it and I thought it was a good prize and I don't know why. I kind of think, I don't know why, but you know, you see good value and you're a bit of a sucker anyway. And yeah. it's, it's, especially when it's old school season, I still get a bit sucked into that stuff. But I bought it and, and then when I after I would purchased it or won the bid and, and paid for it, I went back and looked at the photos of it. And then I zoomed in and I go, is that hair? And the photos are actually quite clear. And there was a couple of photos showing the back and the front of the card and all that sort of stuff. But then I was like, oh, my God, I need a lint roller. It looks like there's, like, cat or dog hair on the buff. And I was like, mm. that's really disappointing.
1: Mm. <laughs>
0: so um, I just uh, – I, I sort of – I just – I have to laugh, or otherwise I would cry, but um, – Yeah. It's just a funny thing. Like I I'd like to think if, even if I had that, something similar happened to me, unfortunately I would like at least clean it up before I sent it out. Um, yeah. So the off the card thing, I'll I'll tell you another funny story from a few years ago. And there's definitely someone that might listen to this podcast and is definitely part of the group that I actually in the end sold a Drake buff to many years ago. We reached out, we sort of connected, I think through Facebook. Um, we're still Facebook friends, but, um, many years ago when I was trying to get my Pearl Islands collection, um, I saw there was a Drake buff um, on eBay. It was off the card, but again, at that time, they were kind of hard to get, although at least at a premium back then. And this Drake buff, the guy said it was uh, yeah, uh pretty much new or it was off the card, but never used or something like that. I'm like, yeah, I believe, you know, Paid for it, and when I got it, I'm like, you absolute fucking liar. It actually, clearly someone had worn it to a party or something because it, it smelled like alcohol. Right. Um, and there was actually like a stain on like cho- like chocolate or something on it. So I literally... Yeah, I hope it's chocolate. One. Well, yeah. No, no. it, it Yeah, it was... <laughs> don't. don't yeah, well, it's <laughs> now. but You know what I mean? So I was so disappointed. And even then, back then, I can't even remember if you can give... I, obviously, you can give um, ratings and, and negative reviews, but I can't remember. To be honest, I can't remember what I did in that scenario. But I was really, really pissed off because I was like, I bought it in good faith. You said, yeah, it's, understandable. Said it's it's a particular condition. It's not like I would have been. I would have been happy if you would just been honest and going, okay, it's going to be this price because yeah, it was used once for a party. Like we had a survivor party, but then it's just been sitting in a box for however long. So I washed it so it was in nice, good smelling condition, but I still wasn't, I was like kind of, it really irked me a bit. Mm. And then it got to a point where then a few weeks later, um, I got a good deal on one on cards. So I bought that. And then, then I pretty much offered that one. But the th- thing was, I, I spoke to Dan who actually bought it and I said, this is what's happened. I actually bought it. Um, it was misadvertised. It was dirty or smell. T- exactly the story I'm just telling you. I said, this is how it is. I've, Honestly, I've just washed it. It smells great. It's clean, but it has been not worn by me. It was worn by someone else who, again, obviously misinformed me and, um, yeah, on it then. So maybe that's where, I guess, long story short, I guess that's where, for me, off the card's always been a little bit of an issue because you just don't know and can't trust. Like, you can show some photos, but, I mean, I guess I could, I could do that. I can show you some photos and go. I could have just ripped them from anywhere. Well, yeah, exactly. Been, they could have been photos I took ten years ago. that's are still in my cloud. You know that I could have. Said, oh yeah, this is my, Shapira buff that I had, and it's it's just old photos. And I've got this banged up Shapira that I'm gonna, you know, sell to someone for three hundred bucks. Like yeah, um. So that that's where I sort of find it really. You've got to really have a lot of faith that the person is telling you the truth. Um. I hope that's the case, but I think there's been definitely issues I've heard about recently where clearly that's not always the case. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I even saw a someone posted a photo. And I wasn't trying to have a go at the person, but they were like all oh, excited. They got a um, Shiba Inu Mogo buff, and they mm-hmm. sh- they obviously took a good photo of it because then I looked at it. It already looked like it clearly been worn a few, not just once, like definitely a few times, or at least washed a few times. Because you know when it starts to yeah, pill a little like, bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah, it was like that. And I wasn't trying to have a go at the person. If they're happy, they're happy. But I was more like, oh, I hope you weren't ripped off for that. Uh, and, and that was sold as like hardly used or something like that because that person's clearly been stitched up. But, mm. um, yeah, I mean, any more thoughts?
1: No. And I, like, I'm guilty of it. I wear buffs too. I have some of my favorites that I wear. We actually met. Because I was wearing a buff, which is a funny story. Um, And so, yeah, it's just something to be aware of. Um, And obviously, people have different thoughts around conditions. There's some people who are more casual collectors who think, oh, yeah, I've only worn this, you know, 10 times. Not a big deal. Still in great condition. Um, Whereas other people might think you've worn it even once. Oh, that devalues it so much. So it's just a case of, you know, asking questions um and then being honest in answers if you're a seller as well because people obviously have different feelings around their collections and so um yeah just always being aware and asking as many questions as you can probably helps
0: yeah and and just from memory what buff were you wearing it was a red one wasn't
1: it yeah it was, it, i was wearing the red um token chain buff so the Jalapau uh-huh. tribe so for those uh-huh. who are listening right now going how does this happen so I live in Sydney and um, Cable lives in Melbourne, which are on you know, 10,000 kilometres away from each other in Australia. And I was actually in Melbourne. We were doing an amazing race event. Um, so I flew down with another one of my survivor friends, Renee, um, and we were a team in the same amazing race that Cable and Rhett were a team with. Um, and uh, we, I forget the exact task that we were doing at the time, but we got on a train together from memory uh, in the middle of Melbourne, yes, and then
0: in North, from North Melbourne Station, yeah, yeah.
1: And I remember you looking at my arm, going, "Hey, you're wearing a token chains buff." And I remember you and Rhett were camo, yeah, um, you dressed up camo together, and so you're wearing your Palau buff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then from there, yeah, we just we worked through the rest of the race together. I think we came like third last and fourth last or something like that. But yeah, um, no, we're still talking. That was that was a long time ago. That was start. What? That
0: was start of 2014.
1: Yeah, there you go. So, seven years, six years, seven years.
0: Yeah, that's crazy, and that's. I guess that's probably why I thought you had um, um, been collecting assist. a lot longer. Yeah, yeah, a lot longer because I remember you having pretty much everything at that point. So, um,
1: yeah, I think I finished my collection probably around would have been 2010, 20, 20, 2009 maybe. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was it was a, a slog. So I wouldn't want to be starting my collection now to be much, much tougher.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, there's no way in hell I'd do it. And I I don't even know where I'd start. I think, to be honest, like I was actually thinking about that the other day and and, and you sort of touched on at the start of this podcast was you probably – well, you definitely gravitate towards a season that holds something in your heart, whether it was the first season you saw or the first season you really loved or the first winner that you really liked or something like that. We've got all those different things. But for me – I put it in the group, and, and I mean, I've been there. I'm going to go again. But for me, the I, it wasn't the first season I saw. Obviously, saw sort of the end of Borneo. But for me, the first real Survivor season was Australian Outback. So,
1: yeah, especially as Aussies, that holds a special place in our heart.
0: Yeah, I, look, I, I think it does. I, I mean, I can't speak for every Aussie, but I, I definitely feel like there was this sense of pride that this huge su- show in America chose us chose us to go yeah. in for their second season and like the biggest season. And, and I mean, that's a big deal. And like, it, it's hard. It's, it's a hard thing for maybe my, or our American fans or listeners and buff collectors and, and Canadians like that, you know, obviously it hasn't been a season in Canada, but for them, it's like, well, it's our show and we go somewhere around the world, but for them to come to Australia, um, second season's a, big big deal um at least for us from our perspective so um yeah there was just so much buzz and for a big american show that and this is for again american listeners of this podcast and um, members of the buff alliance and all those survivor groups just because the show is big in america doesn't necessarily make it big in australia as you would probably know, that you know sometimes when something's really big in America, they advertise a the hell over here and biggest show in America, blah blah blah. And some shows do take off and go okay, but then it doesn't always. Depending on the the subject content or, or the, what the TV show's about, it doesn't always translate here. So I think that was one of those things about Australia or Survivor coming to Australia it didn't necessarily it, it didn't necessarily mean it was going to succeed but I actually think the fact that it did come to Australia meant people that were sort of on the fence about this show and or maybe it's seen the last little bit of Borneo actually I feel like there was a huge buzz in Australia as well for it because it was like wow this show has come to Australia Big time, so, yeah. so it, I, I know there was obviously the, the, uh, the stats for um, uh, the Australian Outback is the highest rating citizen of Survivor ever mm-hmm. or the highest it ever got it would be
1: the same for Australians as well I'm sure.
0: Well, I was going to say I think it have well, it definitely have to be for Australia as well, but I I just sort of wonder, you know, how high it actually got in the show, but I felt like there was a lot of buzz around the show. And I mean, mm. I could almost imagine if 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 this was uh instead of being 2001, it was, you know, 2020 when that happened and the way social media is, I just think it would have trended for a long time even in Australia. We would have had an after show uh, we would have had some sort of, uh, you know, multiple podcasts of people talking about it. Um, no, it would, have been, it would have been cool. But, um, yeah, that's always been close to my heart. Yeah, are they the best buffs in the world? Are they the best colours? No, but, um, you know, there's a lot of great designs out there, but sometimes their seasons are pretty average, you know, like what do you do?
1: Hmm. If, if you were collecting, starting to collect today, Cable, and imagining you had absolutely nothing up to this point, what one buff or one season, whatever you want to choose, would be your holy grail? Like, what would be the one thing that you just wouldn't stop collecting until you got your hands on it?
0: Oh, no. I, well, I guess my, my long-winded dance would be the Australian Outback. I think yeah. that would be the ones I would have to have. Um, and, and I've I've actually said that, that if I ever, for whatever reason, I couldn't imagine happening, but if I ever had to... Part ways with this, the, the collection. I, the ones I would definitely hold on to would be uh, the Australian Outback. I did a um, when I was with Survivor Oz a few years ago, we actually did so Troy Maynard, who's part of our group and is a huge buff collector as well, and started right from day one. Uh, he, my, him, um, and then, oh, I'm just trying to think who the other person was, and myself, we just did our top 10 favorite buffs, and um, I I'll pin a link to the article in at the end of this podcast on the page. But um, yeah, I, I couldn't split it because my favorite, my number one, was the Australian Outback Buffs because it just it just sort of holds that sort of special yeah special place in my heart, you know. <laughs> um, and and, and the, yeah, I don't know. It's just like I mean, when you you know put it in a sporting context, like you would you know, like there'd be a particular Cronulla Sharks jersey you loved. Even if it even if it was from an era they weren't successful, but if it was the first one you knew or the first special you know, memories, yeah, special yeah. memories, or you know, it was the first game you went to with your mum and dad or whatever it is. There's always these little funny reasons for liking something or having a sentimental attachment to something. So for me, it's always been the Australian Outback, and I don't think what well, it can't be topped. Like that's just one of those things. And and now that I've actually been there and I got to go with Rhett, which was a lot of fun, and hopefully get to go with you at some point absolutely Um, yeah um it's definitely um yeah Uh, but having said that i'm also not silly enough to say oh they're the greatest boss of all time like there's definitely been some amazing designs over the years and like i said like there's probably some of the seasons that are a bit average and the one redeeming feature they probably do have are the buffs but yeah um
1: what's like kind of top three designs do you think
0: oh top three designs you know what?
1: tricky question
0: as, yeah, uh, question without notice. Wow. Um, on the spot. On the spot. Um, I mean, this is going back a few years because I did that article, but I know, I remember thinking I actually really liked the Philippines buffs, mm. especially Tandang and that. I think that was one of those ones where they really started to um, vary the colors up a bit more. Like they weren't just like a solid color with a background design. It was like, Oh, well we can put the tribe name on here. Um, Yeah. And the tribe
1: symbol too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we can do a bit of a splash of a different color. It was almost, it was actually almost like buff went to, um, the survivor designers and said, Oh, look, we've now got the technology where we can really sublimate more colors and more, more intricate details. Let's Mm. do that. Mm. Um, I'm not – you know, actually, this is my one thing, and it'd be interesting to know what other people think and send us some feedback. Um, I'm not a fan of actually having the tribe name on the buffs. I never have been. Um, I don't know. There's something about it, especially in some seasons where they've got a different – they've got a kind of theme, and Jeff will call it out a certain way, but then the buffs are – the tribes are called a different name and it's a little bit confusing or well, not confusing, but it's just a little bit weird. Like, especially like worlds apart, they've all got tribe names, but then it's, you know, white collar, blue collar. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No and it color. becomes almost too much information. And, and it's, it's like, interesting oh, because yeah. it, it didn't start until really heroes versus villains was the point where it took off because um, that series in the back design had heroes and villains um, replicated and then from the next season, Nick Nicaragua, Nicaragua that's, yeah. that's when they started actually putting the tribe name in big, large, colourful font right in between the logos. Um, and then it's been a fairly consistent feature since that point. I think there's only a couple of exceptions. I remember Game Changers didn't have that on there. Um, David vs. Goliath also didn't have that on there. And that's possibly because of that David reason that you Goal. were saying, David vs. Goliath. But then the tribes, when they split into three... They then were called Jabeni and different names. And then I think there was also Island of the Idols and Winners at War didn't have the names on there either. So it's actually becoming more of a trend in recent seasons to not have it on there with Edge of Extinction being the only one in the last four seasons that's actually had it present. Um, so it was, it was a really interesting kind of halfway design change, um, 20 seasons in and now we've got 40 and there's still more that haven't had it than have, but... Who knows where that'll be in a couple of years' time?
0: Yeah, it's funny because I remember when it happened with Nicaragua that I didn't mind. Ooh, pardon, I didn't mind the names being on there because I, I didn't mind the font. It kind of looked like it. It felt like it worked yeah, with the theme, with the theme and the buff. But then there have been some designs but I think the buff design overall has been good, but the actual font they've used for the tribe names like just stand out like dog's balls and don't mm. look good or don't feel like they mesh with the design. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I got to a point I was like, uh, I don't even know if it's worth doing that because if it looks crap, like do we really need it? But um, oh, it is what it is. That's merely just an opinion. I just think I, I, personally, actually, that's the other thing. Like, have you ever had a buff signed?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've got um, one of my most prized possessions is the original Baran buff signed by... Winner, Ethan Zone, um, one of my favourite early players. And I was so happy to see him back and so devastated it didn't work out well for him. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that's the only buff that I have signed, actually. Okay. What about okay. yourself?
0: Well, I won't rub your nose in it then. So I'll just <laughs> leave, leave it there. Let's just say I, I actually don't have an Ethan. I've got an Ethan-signed um, Africa baseball card, which is pretty cool, and the mm-hmm. Colby Donaldson version of that as well. Um but I've got a couple of Ethan Sign things, but I've got a couple of winners. I've I've actually got Chris Doherty for on an Alinta buff. Nice. I've got Jenna Maraska on the Amazon buff.
1: Spoiler alert, if anyone's listening and has not seen Survivor, hopefully by this point everyone's a big fan and knows this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, you think. You'd hope. But then stranger things have happened. True. Um what was I gonna say? Oh no, so that was my other point with the designs. While I love the newer designs and And there's definitely people I can only like to speak to Sean and a few other people that obviously in the group, they oh, that's so pretty. And I love the color and I love the design, this and that. Maybe it's just me, but I'm a bit old school too. Like I like the designs, but sometimes I think, is it that exciting to be intricate when it, when effectively, you know, it's for a game or a TV show where you're not really going to get to see that design so often. It's all about seeing the color. Mm. so you know who whose tribe or who's on whose tribe and especially in challenges when you quickly see a screenshot you know oh that's colby he's wearing the ogre core buff, or that's tina she's wearing this whatever um you want a strong dominant color just to distinguish between the between the two three tribes whatever it is but i think putting that tribe name on the buffs again if it's a collector's sort of thing and you want to get a, a buff signed it actually makes the person signing it, it it's a lot harder for them to actually write yeah not as much nice, room yeah not as much room and to write a nice message if they're going to or if you want that's what you want or even just to write their name or two cable all the best or thanks for your support you know whatever it is whoever's signing it it definitely is harder for those later buffs or the newer buffs because it just gets so much colour in that and yeah, just trying to find, I remember Andrea did one for me a few years ago for Caramoan, and even then she sort of, I think she started with a black text star and it was just a bit too messy and then it wasn't mm. really looking good so she actually went and got a silver silver marker and, and signed it that way um, but at least she acknowledged, oh geez this doesn't look good um, so she went and did that so but that's the thing. It's like some buffs, you know, depending on the color. Yeah, black, blah blah blah. It's a lot easier. But like you said, actually, game changes is another one. Andrea signed one of those for me, and again, there's a bit more room because there's no tribe name on it. So mm. I don't know. I know not everyone goes for the signatures either, but there's something about sometimes I think sometimes keeping a little bit simple design wise is maybe a little bit better instead of making it too too I guess congested almost or too complicated. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it is and what
1: it is. That's, uh, it's interesting given what you're talking about in terms of the bright colors and wanting to pop on television and make it really clear and easy for the viewers to understand the kind of tribe affiliations. It's, it's interesting that they haven't gone for like such a bright color in pink, like that's all magenta. That's been such a rare occasion with only yeah. two throughout US survivor history. Um, it's interesting the choices they've chosen to go for. Do you know which colour cable has appeared most often throughout oh, Survivor history, US Survivor
0: history? You, you're actually just going to embarrass me because I, say <laughs> because I, I did actually have a colour chart. I uh, Again, someone in the group who did some awesome uh, visual sort of stuff, um, like uh, what do what you call it? What's that Excel like sheet? Yeah, I think uh, K- KiFA. Um, because he a, put one together, oh, yeah. He's one. yeah. And then there's also Keaton that's also done sim- something similar, yeah. I had actually done something similar years ago, too. And, and probably it definitely is, isn't up to date, probably in the last probably 10 seasons, probably more season one to season three. And I also did it because I was more trying to track how many winners what was the original buff, so how many winning buffs have gone through to win, kind of thing. Because I know, like, see, Richard Hatch started with an orange buff, and and you know, like, the yeah, right now is that orange is the. Bad luck buff, and it's always sucks to try. Mm-hmm. Targi, obviously, the Targi four went pretty deep, and mm-hmm. obviously very deep. And Richard won, so I sort of think it's funny that the first season had an orange buff, pretty mm-hmm. much as, as the predominant, you know, winner going through. But um, it's funny you say that because I feel like it was a really surprising. I feel like for a long time yellow was pretty high on the list of being used, and then maybe red. But I know that's probably in the last few seasons, especially where they've seemed to do a lot of orange and purples um, in the 30s. I think that's definitely changed, but um, you can correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Well, obviously, lots of different shades. Like you get some yellows that are more gold and then some look more like brown and then there's, you know, greens that look lime or look dark green, like Mogamogo, those kind of things. But actually the most used simple colour, obviously different shades, is actually blue. Um, oh, okay. So yeah. it, it's appeared quite a few times throughout history. There, you, you're right, yeah. it was yellow for a while there. It felt like every season or two had a yellow buff of some variety. But yeah. uh, blue is actually the most represented and the most underrepresented, of course, brown, only appearing once in Survivor Pull Out. But um, yeah, it's interesting the choices that they choose to go with every season.
0: Yeah, and, and it's funny you bring up the brown as well because. I know I'm pretty sure it was Keaton that sort of said, oh, you know, it's such pretty, oh, you know, it'd be great if they brought it back. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be sound like the asshole in the room, but I kind of like that they had that camo buff and those particular buffs for that season. It fits the theme really tribe. well. Well, it did, but it, it also that the fact that that tribe dominated and was probably the most dominant tribe almost in the history of Survivor. Well, I guess on paper in a lot of ways too, and, and the results-oriented is the best tribe of all time. Like why? Why bring the brown back? Just retire it. Like that—that's special to that season. Now, let's just leave it in—in in the history books. Are saying Karol is one of the best tribes of all time, and it's the only tribe to have brown. Just yep. leave it like that. Yep. Um, I don't think you need another brown, but I agree with you. The magenta slash pink—I can't believe they haven't used it as often. I can't believe I was right when it came back for Cambodia. and yeah. And the fact that I feel like at the time people loved it and it was liked and it's been a reissue as well, I'm surprised, again, whoever makes the decisions at head office at CBS slash, um, was it Survivor Entertainment Group? um, I'm surprised that they go to the well with some colours still pretty often, but then there's some other colours that they could throw in there like a magenta or something like that that they haven't used for a while or as frequently I don't understand why you can't do that mm. as like I said it pops and this is we, we do need to wind up pretty soon But and I don't want to quickly talk over you but that's the other thing that I sort of wonder like I mean while you and me are Buff fans we obviously collected it's, it's something we love about the show this is my hot take you almost don't need Buffs anymore for the show because I feel like, like you said, like the designs have become almost, it is almost become a design for the fans to have something that looks really cool about the show. But like you said, like if the the colours don't really pop on screen and don't really show you that much of a difference, um, and especially when you're watching it, like you've got those sort of drone sort of shots of the challenges, if you can't sort of spot the difference or go, oh, yeah, okay, that's, that's – uh, uh, tribe A and they're wearing this bright orange and oh that's tribe B they're wearing the black. I mean is it even relative anymore? Like I sort of I don't know. it's it's
1: losing its necessity. Early on it was a really important factor because the audience was learning the game um, and so it, it was necessary to have a really visual distinction. Is it as necessary now? No, but it's just become one of those things that's just a staple of the Survivor game that I guess they just haven't even considered removing.
0: Well, it's it's funny too because I feel like it's such a an iconic thing that it's part of the show now is drop your buffs. So well, mm. like, well, you kind of kind of have to have the buffs, and I, I think the buffs are still important because there's so many tribe swaps that you can identify mm. and try and keep track of the tribe swaps. But that's almost on the pretense that the players are kind of told by production, guess what, you have to wear the buff at all times. Yeah, it's because actually I...
1: part of the rules, if I'm not mistaken. I remember um, they were posted online um, a few years back, and I actually got to read through all of them, and it said somewhere right, that the buff must be worn on your body at all times whilst on camera.
0: Yeah, well, I, I, I would... I'm not saying that's not the rules, but I would beg to say that that's not either, either stringently followed anymore mm. or um, yeah, it's just – I don't think that's the case. because It's funny because when I've done some re-watches and done some podcasts from other se- seasons and stuff like that, I've gone back. And de- definitely there's early season, again, when it was such a new show and obviously they want to show the differences in the tribes so can people keep up to date and all that sort of stuff. You can see if you go uh, – I wouldn't say Borneo because I'm a bit vague on Borneo at the moment, but I know Australian Outback and Africa and even Marquesas, you go in there. And every shot, every player's got their buff on It's quite predominant. You can see it. You can see they're wearing their buff nearly in every shot, uh, whether it's on their head, on their arm, or you know, or even on their wrist. It's like almost like production saying, put that freaking buff on, like you said, as per rules, because we need to show that you are this tribe and this is the other tribe, mm-hmm. which was good. So there's always visually, screen-wise, if there was, you were any loss and you saw a group of players, all you had to look for was the buff. And, go, oh, yeah, that's row two or that's... Maramu or whatever, you knew who you were looking at it just in a split second by just seeing the colour. Whereas I don't reckon that that's definitely adhered to anymore. I, I feel like we don't see it very often. I think maybe when they switch to a th- third tribe, you know, maybe the first couple of confessionals, that third tribe, you'll see them wearing the new buff. But I don't know. I don't feel like it's something that's front and centre anymore. So that's yeah. why my hot take would be that also it's like I'd love to see the buffs. I want them to maybe show them a little bit more, but I, I kind of feel like they've somewhat become irrelevant. You know, and
1: sometimes yeah. it catches production out, especially with so many tribe swaps um, and using confessionals out of order and, and showing scenes slightly out of order for the effect of the TV show. Quite often it's, it's quite visually jarring where you see they've tried to Photoshop over the top of a buff that that person is no longer in that tribe and make it a particular colour so that they can show that confessional in a later episode. And I, my eye I always jumps straight to it whenever they do it because it's well, it stands out to me, probably not to the casual viewer. But have you ever noticed that in your watching of an episode?
0: Well, I can't think of a recent time, but I'll let you answer that question if you can think of a specific moment because that's an interesting point you bring up. And I was actually going to bring up another point in regards to that for our Buff fans at home.
1: Yeah, right. I, I can remember I just did a rewatch of uh, Survivor Redemption Island and I was watching it. The reason it was fresh in my memory is there was a confessional that Philip Shepherd was doing. They're very memorable, good old Philip Shepherd's confessionals. Um, and it was one where uh, it was shown in the episode prior to the merge. Uh, so he was still on the orange Ometepe tribe. Um, but it was obviously a confessional from the post-merge with the black buff and they'd coloured over it and it was just this big orange blob sitting on his wrist um, and it was so noticeable that they'd um, just photoshopped the colour over. So I'm sure there's plenty of other instances throughout history, but I know that whenever it comes on the screen, I just find it so visually jarring. But again, that's just because my eyes are tuned into it, I guess.
0: Yeah, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember that one, but I'll I, I take your word for it. The, the first, and this is another like little trivia question for our Buff followers. Um, which was the first ever, or oh, I'll give you the question, which was the first ever Black Buff?
1: First ever Black Buff. I do know the answer to that. Do you want me to share it or, or should yeah, I keep it keep it no, secret for the no, viewers?
0: No, go tell them. The
1: first ever Black Buff was in Survivor Pearl Islands, one of my favourite original seasons, and it was the merged Balboa tribe.
0: That is correct to a point. Technically speaking...
1: Oh, here visually, we
0: go. No, visually, if you go back and watch Survivor Thailand, before they switch things up, ah. or before they... Before they're given a tribe, when they're talk, when the players are confe- or doing their confessions before they yeah. for that first tribe, Rob Zabaknik, Rob with the two B's, he's actually got the buff similar to what you just said. I can't remember if he's on his head or on mm-hmm. his hand or wherever, but mm-hmm. he's actually got it on. And they've because they have to obviously have the mystery of who he's getting selected by. Mm. They've actually blacked it out, so it is. It's still got the logos on it, but they've blacked it out, so it is actually a black buff. Very true. And if you um, go
1: back and watch the Survivor intro from the first uh, episode of Survivor Thailand, they all have that uh, their buffs greyed out in the intro shots, uh, which is really interesting. For that same reason you said about not knowing which yeah. tribe they're going to end up on.
0: Yeah. So um, yeah, there's a little trivia fact for you. Yeah. I don't know. I know. Shauna loves her trivia facts, and that might be a clue for our competition Um, so um, yeah any final thoughts before we wrap this little thing up?
1: I just love buffs, I love that people (laughs) are getting really involved in the community, I love that the show is still going 20 years later and still producing um, quality programming, some would say otherwise and um, you know more buffs for us us collectors out there, I love that the community is booming this year, it's a really great thing to be a part of and, um, yeah, feel free to get in touch with me if you've got any questions or um, if you want to chat Buff further. I'm always happy to chat. And uh, thanks for having me on the show, Cable.
0: It's been a, a know, really, good, really good time. Just, I just hope Buff prices has come down. Not that I'm really hmm. looking for buying Buffs, but if something popped up, I'd love a price to drop. And I would say the Australian dollar right this second is going a lot better at 71 US cents mm-hmm. um, at the moment, um, which I think it was like, what, 65 last week or 66, so it's at 71. So it's probably yep. – if you're Aussie, by now, yep.
1: Um,
0: um, I will like to again thank Shauna. Shauna's put up one of her buffs to win, so great I job, Shauna. Huh? Yeah, I've already dropped a little bit of a clue, but I will put post a question in the group. And the people they've already had people reach out to me for the answer to the first question that I put in the group that came from the first podcast with Rhett. Um, so get your entries in, make sure you subscribe uh, to this on, on cable unplugged on iTunes and Spotify and all that sort of stuff. It'd be great to have your support, but also so you don't miss future episodes. If you can put a like or a, um, a five star recommendation or some sort of feedback on Apple is, is it even called iTunes? It's Apple music now, is it? I think uh, Apple music, that'd be uh, greatly appreciated. So people can actually find the podcast a lot easier. Um, and also, I just want to do a shout—a quick shout out to someone that I actually, I haven't received goods from just yet. So I don't want to preempt, but he seems like a really good bloke. and I've talked a lot to him, um, obviously, online, and I'm hearing so many great things about what he's doing in the community um, with a collection that he's helping sell for a friend. Um, he's got some great pieces, um, and that's Brock Reynolds. And he obviously has gone through a situation recently on eBay where someone's kind of screwed him a bit over a, mis- a simple mistake and an honest mistake he made. Um, so, and that's really disappointing. But to just a quick shout out to say, like nearly everyone that I've spoken to speaks highly of Brock. Um, and again, my dealings I've had with him are nothing short of exceptional, and um, seems like a really good bloke. So I think what's sort of happened to him is really unreasonable. And not very fair and hopefully some common sense prevails and the i guess the offending parties can uh, come to their senses and make make it right um but yeah just thought i'd give a shout out to brock um again someone that's in the community that we're a part of now mark and uh probably needs you know just a, a friendly sort of bit of support and i can ve- i guess i can vouch for him so
1: yeah, and I've, I've yeah. purchased from Brock recently as well and I've heard nothing but positive from him in that group. He seems like he's really helping a lot of people uh, in their collections, so always good to give a shout-out to someone who deserves it.
0: Well, with that note, uh, we are off and I hope you enjoy it.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, what do we do? How do we end this? Do we throw like a Randy Bailey, you know, buff in the fire or is that going to... Anger a lot of people out there.
0: Oh man, I tell you what, that does always. That's always the first time when French Chesqua had to uh, burn her <laughs> buff. I always. Well, isn't it funny because it's funny you mentioned Randy because Randy was the first official person to actually do that. And then, yeah. I always wonder whether that's where they sort of got the idea for it. That well,
1: it was two seasons it. later, right? That it came out so that it fits with yeah. the timeline.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but yeah, that's the one thing. I mean, imagine being having your only buff and then.
1: Oh, having to burn it after being on the show. That would be such a killer.
0: Yeah. I mean, with the American seasons, it's probably a lot easier to get another buff, but you just yeah. didn't have your game-worn one. Yeah. But uh, Anita from... Uh,
1: oh, from Australian Survivor, sure. I felt yeah. for her, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a bit of a weird one because they're not readily available and they don't really give them out willy-nilly and even not all cast and crew get them because I've been trying to track those down for a while but also I've spoken to a few cast and crew and not everyone gets a buff so mm. it's not like they're just sitting around in an office and, or everyone gets a set so mm. yeah anyway until next time enjoy buff collecting and we'll see you on the flip side I guess see ya bye Hi hey, you're listening to Cable Unplugged and I need your help, I need to get a few likes on Apple Music or Spotify, so if you don't want to miss an episode, please subscribe, like, and if you can leave some feedback and a review, that'd be greatly appreciated. Okay, Buff fans, question number two, which player did I discuss as having an unofficial Black Buff in Season 5 of Survivor? Super fans, you are listening to In The Buff, to the podcast podcast.